Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now tuning in to American Gypsy Podcast. I am Classic Carpenter, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy. And we also have a special guest today by the name of Mercedes. We're going to allow Mercedes to introduce herself, and she's a great friend of the family. Um, We go back to Jackson, Mississippi, and, you know, we come up in the same movement. So we're going to, you know, introduce Mercedes and let her... Tell us a little bit about what she do and, you know. Go from there. Go from there. All right. Well, thank you, Gypsy. Thank you, Classic. I think we're all in the same accord when we talk about consistent self-improvement. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Getting together and expressing ideas in a energetic environment. And I can say good vibes only here. Um, so just a little bit about myself, I would say I'm good energy. That's me. That's my introduction. Always been. Yeah. Um. And I'm a bit of a nomad, so I fit right into the theme of a gypsy, whatever that looks like. A lot of people refer to me as like a modern-day Carmen San Diego type vibe. <laughs> um, <laughs> me, myself, I prefer to really align myself with the idea of like maybe a Zora Neale Hurston, like a, a real uh, Africana anthropologist that... Maybe doesn't always get that sort of credit. She's a great writer, but she was also an amazing explorer. And so that's what I seek to do in life is just be like an adventurer and an explorer. Okay. Carmen San Diego. So (laughs) she just told y'all how old we are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) How old some of us are. But yeah, Carmen San Diego is like, I, when you said it, I was like, wow, Carmen San Diego, it's been a minute. And I'm trying to think all the way what, what the plot was. She she was the, the villain, right? Uh-huh. She yes, and they were always trying to find her. Yeah. Where in the world is, is Carmen, Carmen San Diego? Diego? Yeah. <laughs> she always be off in another country. Or not another familiar location. with that cartoon. No, That's not, not at all. No? You had to be really good in geography because if you got to the I end am. of the show, like as a contestant, Cause that was the whole piece. Yeah, it, was it was like a, a game more show. Learning, right? uh-huh. So once you got to the end, they would give you like, let's just say Africa, the whole continent. Mm-hmm. And then you had to place flags on each of the countries within there. And then if you did, you would win. But if you didn't, then Carmen would be gone and somebody else would have to try to find her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have loved that. It show. was super cool. <laughs> Man, that takes me back. Yeah. So that's even of course with, with, Going back, Carmen San Diego, Jackson, Mississippi. I mentioned that earlier. Um, we just recently had our visit to Jackson, and we've been, you know, one of our first trips driving mm. back across country without moving, but just driving across country and and moving. We'd like to talk a little bit about traveling because all three of us love traveling. And let me see. Since the pandemic, when did you go to Barbados? I went in September of 2020. September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it was so, dope. After, yeah. after, I guess that's, you know, traveling after the pandemic. What's that, what's that like for you? Um, well, you know what? It was actually like smack in dab yeah. in whatever the pandemic is supposed to be, right? Because here in L.A., um, our offices of the employer that I was with shut down March, right? Because that's when the whole state mandate happened. And so we went to working from home in March. 
And at that time, it was still like a mystery, right? Mm-hmm. How was it going to work? What it, it looked like? Airports closing, countries closing their borders. So then it even turned into like being a traveler versus like you can't even travel. Like you don't even have the, the option. Whether you have a passport or not, you can't go. And yeah. that didn't create anxiety in March because I was still traveling interstate, right? So I was still going to like a couple of places, Texas, Louisiana. I think I was in Chicago. And then it was like a whole shutdown because then COVID sort of like spread everywhere. and No one was traveling. The airlines yeah. were supposedly losing money, but we know they got a whole bunch of money and got bailed out by the billions, but whatever. I just said, I have to be able to still move how I'm accustomed to moving. And as the months went by, it started to feel like everything was becoming a sense of isolation, right? I started to feel it. And potentially it could have been just my own mindset, but I started to feel really closed in, even like just being in the house. It just felt like, okay, yeah, I'm going to the beach or I'm walking the dog or or whatever, but I'm not really going too many places. And then after several police state-sponsored murders, but specifically George Floyd, I really started to feel kind of way. Like, not only am I inside, but they're, like, pressing, showing this murder repeatedly every single day. And I just needed to go. You know, and so by late July, early August, I made a decision like, okay, let's see what countries are open, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. not that many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like really yeah, not that they many. Really it, was, off. it was really closed down a lot of places. And I remember looking at, and one of them was like Albania. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. I do want to go, but yeah. I'm not going to but Albania. Like, no, yeah. because it doesn't meet my criteria. Because yeah. my criteria was warm, and it was around people that looked like me. It didn't have to be the language. Like, I would figure out the language, but at least yeah. needed to be around, like, warmth, water, and people of African descent. Yeah. So Barbados came into play because it was still an option They had low numbers at the time, and you had to quarantine for, like, seven days, wherever they said, like, you had a a few options of, like, mainly resorts and hotels. So you had to be able to incur the expense of quarantining. So you at least have to go there for two weeks if you want to travel. Right, exactly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be there, and then I can just go. Okay. You know, from the airport, it's a whole bunch of... It's a process. So I'll take you guys through that. But anyway, narrowed it down to a few places, but ended up with Barbados because I was like, okay, we can swing this. Um, I was traveling with my partner as well. And um, the other option was to, like, quarantine at, like, one of their army barracks. You could go there for free. Uh But it was a little bit tricky because you didn't get – privacy it was like a whole bunch of cots and mm-hmm. you know oh, okay. no doors or whatever I still needed to work so that's why I went back to the resort piece so anyway long story short I researched as much as possible I mean that's what the internet is good for but nothing is going to be able to tell you but the experience and um 
We traveled. Uh, How was it getting internet connection working in a different country? Oh, that's something I'm really curious about. I do want to work in different countries. That's a great question. And that was actually one of the other reasons why I chose Barbados, because Mm -hmm. they have great internet. And that's not something that, you know, is advertised a lot. But looking into the research, it was like, you can get this, this or this as far as your speed. Mm. And what they were also attempting to do was recruit because they were suffering economically due to the loss of tourism. Right. So one of their workarounds was to step up their level of connectivity and let people know, hey, if you do want to come and work from home, you will have good Internet. All right. So that's one piece, but also it's still a Caribbean nation and it's no dish to Caribbean nations. But one thing that happened to me the first the second day that I was there, I was like trying to get online and. It was no power. And I was like, oh, what happened? So I went down to the Airbnb host, and I was like, did I, like, where's the switch? You know, here, we just flip the switch, and it comes back on. He was like, no, the power's out. It's going (laughs) to be out. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, like. Yeah, Yeah, I'm used to that from back home. Like, things go out. You'd be in the middle of a restaurant. But most places have generators. Right. It was like, this is what it is here. Mm-hmm. So it should come back on in an hour. And I was like, okay, this is my new normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to have a meltdown about it. And for those that don't know where your back home is. Uh, oh. I, well, I'm Eritrean, but I grew up in Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa, the yeah. capital. Got it. A reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was that was one of those things. But just to orient you through the process, let me walk you through it. So... When we landed in Chicago, which was the hub that we were flying to to go to Canada and from Canada to go to Barbados, you couldn't get on the plane unless you had proof that you were COVID negative, Uh. right? And you had to have taken that test within 48 hours, right? So, okay, show the proof. And then you had to also demonstrate that you had connected with the right government officials because there was a whole lot of paperwork to even get in there. So, all right, good. Then, because we were going from Canada to Barbados, Americans weren't allowed to be in Canada at the time, right? Wow. So the travel agent the gate agent she at, at the front of the you know the line before you go on the plane and go to Canada is saying well you're not allowed to be in the country and I said yeah but I'm catching a connecting flight and it's less than 24 hours and um we already have hotel reservations to stay because there's um a couple of hotels that are connected to the airport where we were flying in yeah. so She's like, well, I have to call Border Patrol. So it's one of those things, like, you you really are here. Like, you think that you just have the ease of flying like normal. But they sold you the ticket, though, so. <laughs> That's my other thing. But, again, yeah. research is key, right, because I yeah. had already read this, and I called the Border Patrol. I called the hotel. I called all these people because I'm like, I don't want to get stranded. Yeah. And then what? I was going to say, why did you go all the way to Canada? 
And that seems that was the you you had to go. That was your only. Well, wow. your us. That yeah. was one of our only entry routes. Okay. The other way was like a whole like two days extra. And it was, mm. yeah, mm. so it had to be that way. But what the woman at the gate was saying was, you should have never been able to purchase this ticket. Right. Okay. Right? Like, because you should be able to go and then connect, but you can't stay overnight. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I always believe there's a, a yes to a no. Why oh, definitely. <laughs> Man, right? <laughs> I'm one of those people, like, I, it's hard, because yeah. I'm sure there are some hard no's. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I don't live like that. And they, I, yeah. I've been in the airport and then found out. All right, it's on me. It's mm-hmm. all up to me. Yeah, you got one guy saying it's too late, man. And the mm-hmm. other guy saying, "Man, just go." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like, "Well, shit, I'm going." It's fifty fifty <laughs> on them. All right, let yeah. me just go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's I made it. Yeah, and we landed <laughs> in Toronto, right? And when yeah. we got to customs, the custom guy was like. Uh, where are you going? I said, we're going to our hotel. And he's like, okay, I got to look into this, right? And he made some calls, and he was like, okay. But you need to be out by 7 in the morning, and you cannot leave out the hotel. Don't get on the trains. Don't go anywhere. Just go to your hotel and stay there. And my guy is looking at me like, what? What do you have me in? Like, right? Because I'm this is regular for me, but... It's kind of like, okay, we're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got the customs people, you got the gate agent. Like, I I knew you said it was going to be a lot, but this is turning into some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but we made it. Yeah. We made it, and that was a yeah. cool thing. Yes, Mrs. Wick. <laughs> <laughs> right, like one of those things, right? And so when we flew into Barbados, I had got the painter suit. I was like, we're traveling during COVID. Like, mm-hmm. we got to zip up, right? So we had the painter suit. We had the regular mask, the N95, bandanas up to here, hoodies. Like, when we got off the plane, the people of Barbados was looking like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's going on, right? Everybody else is just traveling you regular. You stepped. Oh, we had the foot covers over the shoe, right? Oh, wow. So prepared yeah because you don't know right yeah. you still don't know what you're going on to. and one person was like can i ask you something are you are you with some sort of lab are you scientist yeah, are you with the government <laughs> like no we're just trying to be safe <laughs> <laughs> so you know when we got outside and we we're waiting for our ride because again you could you couldn't go and just grab a car or a taxi or whatever you had to have the pass to show where you were going and then you had to ride in that specific Man, mm. so even down to that, like they had to check you in, and the guy who picked us up was like, "You got to take all those clothes off. It's too hot for that. <laughs> like you good, you here, yeah. you know." And then that I think was the first feeling of like, "Okay, we're home. Like we're cool, yeah. you know." And from then on, from the the moment we landed to really when we left, it was that feeling of being home. And of course, there were some complications and challenges. That's always, you know. But that's that's just life. But Barbados, I mean, I can talk about the water, the people, the sun, the food. Mm. But really, I just when I think about that time, it was just peace. Mm. Partially because I was committed to being peaceful, but also because that environment was that, and they were dealing with COVID in their own way as well. 
but it was still such a respite. Like it was a mental full, like uh, what you say, a self-care. It was a, a righteous act of self-care to go there and get away mm-hmm. from all of that COVID shit that was being pushed on us here. Cause I, there's no CNN, there's no NBC, there's no ABC, really? you know, it's the island life. <laughs> yeah. We're, I mean, yeah, we got Xbox, we got fire stick so we can choose what we're watching and, yeah. you know, watch their local news. But really just even a break from the shit that they have with all the tickers. If you remember like every channel you turn to, it would tell you how many people yeah. had died, yep. how many people were hospitalized. <laughs> All the numbers. You know, it was like enough of that. Yeah, we try to stay away. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not a big television person, but like at that time you were trying to figure out what's going on in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a reason why Rihanna is from there and they made her a national hero. It's a cool nation. I was glad that they welcomed us. Yeah, That's what's up. Yeah, we. Well, what what was it like when you got back? Cause you live here, L.A. Right. Yeah. And you travel still, you know, often. Mm-hmm. When you got back to L.A., what was what was that like? We went to Mississippi first. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So we went to Jackson, and we were there for probably like about a month, and then we came back to L.A. But uh-huh. being back in the States was strange because you went from this real astute kind of like focus on health and safety in Barbados to Mississippi where people were walking around with no mask. Yeah. And like, like together, like hardcore, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> in Barbados you could be together, but it was a limited number you know even in a restaurant the reservations were limited right like if you went to the bathroom you had to have a mask on I know a lot of people feel like a mask or no mask what does it really even matter but I mean going into the grocery store you did have to have a mask on and there was somebody that was standing at the door to spray your hands with alcohol like you know so they were like taking it seriously or even in certain stores you had to write down your name and your address and phone number just in case someone came in with COVID, they would let you know, know, hey, this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then just to get dropped back in Jackson, and it's like nothing ever happened. It was kind of like weird. It Mm. was really weird. And I think we were both like, okay, we're not going anywhere. You know, we're just going to stay in the inside. And then it kind of did cause a little bit of an issue because – you know, L.A. is my, my birthplace, it's my home, but Jackson is, like, my second home. Right. And so when my friends knew that I was in town, they are like, okay, what's good? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Because they've still been hanging and swinging. Yeah. Like, yeah. Life is usual. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'll FaceTime you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's do a duo happy hour or some shit. And they're like, no, like, let's, let's meet up. And so... At one point, I said, okay, let's go out for drinks. And I was getting dressed, and my guy's like, ooh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to meet. Like, I just don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, look, we got to have a a talk because I can't live, like, shut in like this. Yeah. And I get the, 
it's not even a fear factor. It's real. Like the more people that you come into contact with, the greater your chances are of, you know, whatever this exposure is. But on the flip side, I do know people that never left their house and got COVID. Right. Yeah. And people who were out like partying and didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, it's still both ways. Yeah. There's so many ways, and it's just you don't know. Yeah. And you can't let fear rule you. Exactly. In 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 the fake idea of safety. Yeah. Because it's yeah, it's cause, an illusion. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. so many situations since then that we still see with the you know court system, all of that, George Floyd, all of that. That's it's in the same bucket of safety that we would like. Yeah. But, you know, it's the focus. What's the more of the focus? And it's a lot. Even coming back, were you here when the riots and stuff were or the? No, I I don't. Again, because I don't know what part of the world I was in. At the, I was in Louisiana when um, the, the riots were happening. Okay. When yeah. I was doing that uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it we was should a different. say the rebellion. So when you right. got back to L.A., what was it? What it was... Everybody was masked up. It was still that state mandate of mask, and you couldn't go uh, wherever to the mall, to the hair person, to the massage. Okay, so okay, they know. hadn't opened gyms yeah. because they opened the gyms in March and stuff. Yeah, and all of that stuff. I guess salons. Right. So it was just back to heavy quarantine, really. Because California as a state was treating it completely different than all of the Everybody other states. Else. Yeah. Still, yeah. still is. Yeah. yeah. So now it's a At few places Los that Angeles try. Is. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to um, take away from the theme of consistent self improvement by really focusing too much on the pandemic. But well, we're just kind of skipping through the time on the catch-up. We will, <laughs> but the reason why I say that is because I have to be honest and say that part of what I was dealing with was not so much um, related to the policies around COVID and what you could or couldn't do, but it was something that I had never experienced before, and it was a sense of, like, anxiety. Yeah. You know, there there was a restlessness and anxiousness and uncertain. You know, I was I, w- I was worried and I'm not a worrier, but I was concerned about my guy going to the store or driving out of town or my dad coming back home or like my brothers. Like I started to just focus on that. Mm. And it, I, I don't know. I, it was such a foreign concept to have this, like, idea that something could happen to someone I love, because that's life. You know, we're not yeah. guaranteed yeah. anything. But it was really around police and just not being safe in black skin. And yes, things are happening to black women as well. Because that was also not too long after this big thing where they were focusing on uh, missing black women and girls, right? And, like, be careful when you're walking to your car. And so it's like 
somebody's going to take you and put you into some sort of sex slavery or whatever. Like what is going on in the world? Like we got enough to deal with. And now I have to be concerned about whether my dad can drive to the grocery store or not and get pulled over and shot because he's a black man in America. And it's, it's, I guess when you get to that point, even just had like when all of it was going on, it was, yeah, it's what you, you pick your fears, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it was like, yeah, it's them fears have they've always been out there in the world, you know. So it's, it's nothing new. It's Prob- nothing I mean, I in really your skin, on. right, right. Yeah, you know, and it's it's hard to it's hard because it's like, all right, I'm I'm still in my skin. It can happen to me, but that's when it comes, I guess, vibration and the, you know, attraction as well. Or I can't even say law of attraction. It can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. but. I don't let it rule me. Mm-hmm. I don't let it necessarily control my day, my fear, my vibration, my, you know, even just, yeah, just my overall vibration. I, I don't hold that fear there and try not to hold that fear there. Yeah, I got three brothers too. Mm-hmm. It's worse where they are than it is here. Right. But, you know, it's... Like I said, it's, it's there, it, it, and it's they ain't, they not really giving out anything to fix it. Mm-hmm. Even though we see them, you know, kind of focusing on, you know, nobody's really gonna fix it. It's not really something that they're really interested in fixing. No. So it comes back to where we know that this is just what it's like in this skin. Yeah, you know, and I I'm not saying I'm gonna be scared. You know, if it pull up on me, because that's I have that same understanding. And my wife know that, yeah, I don't really have a fear like that. So, yeah, they I could easily be in that situation because I'm not going to be too afraid. And I know I'm just not that afraid. Even when I, I see the police, I'm not I don't lock up. So, shit, yeah, he'll want to shoot me because I'm not going to be the bitch he want me to be most likely because mm-hmm. the fear attracts what, the <laughs> situation that you're fearing anyway so yeah I, I, I think that that was a key reason why i had to press the reset button right mm-hmm. and just get out of here yeah because i felt like i was going in that direction that i'd never been in before and you know we all are now there's that too yeah but I knew based on environment. I think that's the other thing. It wasn't just America. It was where I live. I lived in a predominantly white area. Yeah. Right? So. You it, always know. Yeah. You're aware of yourself. And right. you might even be hyper aware. Because it's not like all white people are trying to do something to you. Right? But and they don't see that many black people. So right. when they do see you, they, they might, you know, look and. In your brain, it's still going to run. Because like you said, if you're in a mostly black area, it's just yeah. like being in Mississippi. We we black. We fit yeah. in with all the black people, but we don't, you know, we don't stand out because yeah. we in a group of black people now. But when you're not in a group of black people, you unconsciously still have <laughs> to have that. And it's like, uh, maybe they not, maybe they just looking at us because. They just looking. They, they nah, not we even, do. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, you could take me to the grittiest, dirtiest 
inner city hoodest, like most dangerous, whatever people like put these ideas or words or labels, but an area urban, you know, and I'm at home. Like I'm not, you know, I'm still aware, but it's not your neighborhood. No, but but I'm, the world is a ghetto (laughs) in many respects. Right. I grew up in South central LA. So when people say, oh, you travel by yourself or you're going there, you're doing that. I always say I'm from L.A. And it's like, what does that mean? It means that I can walk anywhere, right? Like I could walk in downtown Philly at two o'clock in the morning and people are like, what are you doing? I'm from L.A. I'm (laughs) I'm I'm cool. I I lived in New Orleans like that's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Jackson at the same time. It doesn't mean that I'm welcoming or like a rumble. Like I don't think anything can happen to me. But it just means that I'm not walking around with a spirit of fear. Right. But also I'm street smart enough to like recognize. That something could go down. Okay. And and when it does, to be able to move in a way to get out of here. Like, damn, you know, I've been held up before. It's been shootings. It's like I'm not gonna crumble if yeah, you I got that experience yeah like somebody show a gun like oh they got a gun yeah like half of my classmates were out to school with yeah. pistols <laughs> <laughs> like, right. they what's the situation did. what the what the air smell like what's going on what's yeah. happening you know <laughs> so know. to be in an area where black people black skin however you want to refer to it where the majority i did have an exhale because that that wasn't what I was concerned about. Maybe I was concerned yeah. about the price of vegetables because they were extremely expensive there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so we had to talk about how are we budgeting. Like, okay, we got to look at this or that. But I wasn't worried about that policeman that's looking at you extra hard because you you walked past this store or you went five miles over or you had an air freshener in your rear view and you're not allowed, you know. That yeah. wasn't that wasn't the concern. It was like, you know, we yeah. give each other the eye contact and the head nod. And mm-hmm. that was all day long. Yeah. Right? And yeah. if somebody didn't, that was the thing. Hey, they didn't they didn't nod their head back. Right? Like <laughs> <laughs> people don't understand yeah. even just not having that stress mm-hmm. where you live at, you know, not having certain stress. It's it it's a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we live in LA. We're not worried about the police messing with us about weed. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. came from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. The whole drive over there, yes, you know, it's a we going to a place where they worried about people who got weed. Mm-hmm. Texas, all of that, Louisiana, Mississippi. Them people living stressed out compared to yeah. how we living out here with just your everyday driving. If you smoke weed, basically, period, or you just right. if you, yeah, if you got to go buy some weed, or if you just, period. You stressing. People in L.A. not stressing about weed at all. Two different lifestyles. If you running out of weed in L.A., in Mississippi, you... <laughs> I don't know if how you would even run out of bud out here. You just go back to the store. You just, that's the <laughs> right, thing. You, like, the, it's you like just get up and go to the store. No, you don't even have to get up and go to the store. Yeah, oh, they can, can deliver can it to right you. Right to you. <laughs> but over there, it's like, it's that process. You know, we remember that whole process. And it's like... It's a whole different quality of life. Yeah, it so is. So if you got to really worry about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. People don't, you know, like you said, anxiety. Yeah. It's not it's even something up. that I tapped into. And maybe also because I smoke bud, 
the the idea of being anxious i i don't what like i don't yeah. i don't even live in that world like as a clinician that has background in therapy and cognitive behavior and understanding you know the type of solutions that can be offered to people i am aware that anxiety exists and how to treat it but me mercedes that's not something that I ever really dealt with. So you knew the situation was serious. When yeah. It when when in. it came in, I was like, okay, this is something that you got to look at. But I wasn't. I was so like, I guess I, it was a wall up. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't even do anxiety. And what happened was I was on the phone with my guy one night because he was in Jackson. And he just said, listen, I want to say this to you. And I'm saying it in you know, in love, but there's something off with you, you know, and, um, I'm coming out there. I'm, I'm going to drive tomorrow. And I know how you feel about me driving. Cause again, I was still with this. I don't want you to drive here, drive there. Call me when you get there. It was like weird. Like what, what's yeah. going on with me? Right. I'm driving out there and I don't want to even talk about it. I'll just see you tomorrow. And so, he did that kind of crazy driving you guys did with the 24-hour, like, 36, whatever. Like, how'd you get here? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it impressed upon me the seriousness of the situation. And we had a one-on-one -on -one about it. And that's when I really started to talk about, I guess, what I was feeling and connected to a lot of other situations of feeling helpless in the country that you know your ancestors built without yeah. a shadow of a doubt it's no way around it and to feel like i don't know uh not even a second class citizen not even a refugee like just a person without a home in the place you know you constructed along with being fearful of even walking in that home it was a real moment of like okay all of those feelings are valid. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I started to talk about things that I've seen that have happened to my friends and family. And I think it was a two-part thing. It was me, Mercedes, recognizing what was going on. But also from a mental health piece, it was the true post-traumatic stress that we go through. And we don't even realize because right. we are optimistic people or we meditate or we believe false evidence appearing real is fear. Or if you think about it, it'll happen. Don't worry about it. And all those things are true, but it doesn't change the fact that your brain is taking in all of the things that you've seen over the course of your life. Yeah. All of the things that you know, we're educated enough to know, like, we didn't even believe half of the shit that they taught us in school. We went out and got our own education. And so if you've seen strange fruit, you know, Mississippi, what strange fruit means. It doesn't mean bad fruit on an aisle. You know what I'm saying? It right. means our ancestors being lynched and hanging from trees. If you know what a picnic is, it's not when you go and get some food and sit outside. It's when they used to pick a nigga. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then lynch them and then take pieces of their body parts as souvenirs. Yeah. Some bullshit. And so being aware of that as somebody that's dedicated their life to justice and peace, 
you realize what I realized was this shit is taking a toll on me. Yeah. That that was it. It was like that moment. Like you can't woosah your way out of this. It's like, genetic. <laughs> it's in you. Right? It's genetic now because, yeah, it'll come out, you know, and that's that's the formula all the way from, like you said, the television. That's the formula that they, they're always working on to get you in that point to where you going, you got to snap somewhere with mm-hmm. some type of stress in one area. And, yeah, you got to know, how, yeah, you got to be able to, uh, to, to kind of know it's genetic. It's from also, you know, environment food wise or even just from what you see. Mm-hmm. It's the energy that you absorb in from other people as well. And like I said, when it come back to, like you said, fear. It's one of the biggest brainwashes of all time going back <laughs> to our education. You know, that they, they hit us at the education part with the school system part. So. Even just the whole fear of feeling like, shit, was everything I learned a lie? Or just was everything, was it accurate? Or was it, you know, because we still catching the whole American or Native American part too. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother type of brain mix that they got in there. Mm-hmm. That where you, you know, shit, as soon as you get a chance to learn about something or absorb some information, it gets you stressed. It wakes you up. You, you still living in this world. So you can't, you can't really break all the way free from. It. You can learn it. You can learn the truth all the way up to it, and then that's still gonna hit you with a with a, some more bullshit mm-hmm. when it comes to you know what I call the bullshit. They're gonna kill one of us, mm-hmm. even from the rap shit, the hip hop shit. I guess you know. With me being music-wise, understanding music industry-wise and how things work, and it was something that I've always, I was interested in, I've never really lost somebody, I guess, in our line dealing with bullshit off of anything. But I know, of course, the other industry have. But it's, it's to know even that formula that's against us. When you're saying anxiety, mm-hmm. just like what Kanye said, the 808 don't hit, you know, it's not hitting in your vibration. So the music that you're listening to, the bass kick that you're hitting, it's all in there too mm-hmm. to give you that same anxiety. So it's, it's, I can't say it's impossible to get away from. You can, you can really spiritually do as much research or not, you know, you can learn about it. You can, you can meditate. You can find that peace. You can find that peace. To live in it, but it's recycling. It's just, like I said, we just saw The Matrix the other day. Okay. And it's first time watching the movie the first day it came out. I think when the first one came out, me, my partner Dion Buchanan, I think Ed Robinson, we went and saw it the first day it came out. Mm-hmm. Back then. What was that, 2000, 2001, maybe something like that? I think it might have been like 2001. So, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, two thousand. But they, it basically kind of explains the Neo. In so I haven't seen the Matrix. 
So the Neo, the anxiety. <laughs> that's how no, they. That we was only <laughs> saw it because it was out on HBO Max, okay. and I'm like, wait, what? Isn't yeah. this supposed to be in theater? But they released it at the same time in HBO Max. Yeah, I so they wanted us to see special it. Special conf- confession to you guys, and wait, you haven't seen wait, you part one. Seen the original. Oh, no. Yes. You haven't is... seen part one, part two, part three, <laughs> part four. This is something that I'm going to go ahead and just say. I catch a lot wow. of flag for this, but. We found one person. You, kept, you keep falling asleep on it. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I What happened is when it first came out, this is just me. But I was like, I don't want to watch that because everybody is watching. Everybody. Okay. I, I, I've I been, been in that, that. Same You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I it felt that. like like they're going to, they're going to. Like they, the aliens, when they come, they're going to take all of y'all who know the answer. <laughs> but I'm going to be good. <laughs> That's like when, when Black Panther came out, I was one of the last to go see it. Yeah, though. <laughs> so. But yeah, Matrix, you definitely have to go see it. I know, it. I know. Seriously. Oh, man, yeah, you got it. I am going to watch it. But you know what? When When I was hearing you speak a minute ago, I was thinking about this. I wanted to ask you. When you came from Ethiopia mm-hmm. to the state, you went to D.C. first? Or? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, so night and day. Yeah. What was your feeling coming from a predominantly brown nation, if you will, and going somewhere that was so heavily Caucasian, like Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it, like, the that part didn't really hit me. Okay. It's weird. How old you were know, you when you came? I was ten. Okay. And um it was it was definitely a shocker. I've always wanted to come to America and, you know, I watched a lot of American movies and I was excited about coming here. And um when I did get here though, I don't know, like there are things I guess I didn't expect. Like lifestyle, like home life is a little bit different um and even school was different so um it was some adjustments and I had to you know I had a heavy accent when I came here Mm -hmm. so I had to fix that or you get made fun of um but I didn't notice the um, like the first school I went to it had some diversity actually the first two schools that I went to had a lot of diversity Mm. so it was a special case, um, so I didn't I didn't quite feel like the race thing. But when I got to high school, we moved into the suburb that was predominantly white, and it was that's when I started feeling racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was only a handful of black people, and I don't know. You just encounter different things that let you know, like. It wasn't even just the older people. Um, It's like the students and everything. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that was weird. I'm like, wait a minute. We're all young. Like, we don't, you know. (laughs) You know, I I, I expect it from, I expect older people, like, I don't know, they're closer, I guess, to slavery times and things like that. So I expect them to have some, some bias and things like that. But getting it from younger people is a little weird um, but the old people teach the young people yeah, yeah. that's how it goes yeah yeah, yeah. so 
And until that, and it's genetic for yeah, them as well. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> side of it because you know yeah. you brought up a key point when you talk about genetics mm. because it's in your DNA. You know, you you can tap back into something. It might not have happened to you. It might have happened to your great grandfather. Generational trauma. You know, but it's there. Yeah. It's there underneath the surface, and so. I feel like that's what got activated for me, and I was just in a whole different place where I didn't understand what was going on. You know what I'm saying? But so, you still understood what I, was I going on. I knew something. <laughs> I just didn't know what. And the, and this isn't even something I really talk about that much. I'm talking to you guys about it because, you know, we're fam, and even though it's a podcast, okay, whatever. But it it was very private to me because it was so confusing, you know, and – it did take my partner to touch on it. And I spoke a little bit with my mom about it because she could see it was something going on, but she didn't know what it was. But I just, you know, I was like, this is, this is part of the other way that these impediments get put in the way of progress. Cause once your mind is gone, that's it. Man. And I, and I Man. felt I, like it was a, a sense of like betrayal. Like my mind is always strong, you know, when, when nothing else, you know, even yeah. if I might feel tired, my mind is like, you got this, get up, keep pushing, don't give up. Mm-hmm. But my mind was on a loop of trauma, <laughs> you know, it really was. That's that's just the best way that I could describe it. Just wait till you see yeah. the Matrix four. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got to see. We're gonna the first come back and first. revisit. I'm gonna but I'm gonna watch it before 2022. Yeah. I've set my intention. You got that's gonna be about to take your whole day to watch about I got four. Time. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> they long. I got time. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little bit of time on my hands. I this certain things I've just said. You know what? I want to do this. And this is something that I'm going to do so that I can understand a little bit more and also get a lot of this stuff that people are talking about that I don't understand with the Matrix references. It's very you know. deep. Like, I was surprised with the fourth one because usually movies go back, you know, by part three, it usually goes downhill. So yeah. I was expecting the fourth one to be not so good, but it's still it's still pretty deep. Yeah, it's just a lot of different. It's deep. Yeah, it it helps you explore certain things. I like movies like that where it you know certain concepts about life, but it's you don't. When you see it play out in a play or a movie, it helps you conceptualize it a little bit better. I get you. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's really what life is. So that's kind of what the movie is explaining i don't know because so even when we I'll first watched it, it no nah, my brain then that was freshman college we all about the he dodging bullets that's that's yeah that, that was, was a big thing right that okay. that yeah. was entertainment wise we didn't really get the deep part of the, the red pool yeah. until a bunch of years yeah a bunch of years later i had to come back and you know wake myself up and then understand Got you. Yeah, most people who watch Matrix watch it multiple times. Like, I've watched it probably at least five, six times. The first one. Yeah. I don't know about the second and third. You know, I watched it a couple of times each. But it's the first one is one of those you have to come back. At least when I watched the first one, I was too young to understand some of the concepts. It was just a 
cool yeah. action movie. Yeah. yeah. But then when you watch it, you know, as a grown up or and you go through different phases of enlightenment and Spirituality, you watch it, yeah. uh, you get more out of it. Yeah. Um, it's like that with a lot of things, actually. There's this one um, Deepak Chopra book that I read and I've read it like three times and each time I'm like, Get oh, different. I totally didn't understand it all the way the last time. Now I understand it better. Got you. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, a big part of um, like healing that loop of trauma that I'm talking about was putting myself in a new environment that I didn't know anybody, Yeah. yeah. you know, and having to kind of survive. Right. Like even down to learning a new system of currency or, you know, understanding. I mean, we walked everywhere. So not driving for months Mm -hmm. teaches you something about yourself, but also you get stronger. Right. It's more exercise. So, you know, learning different things like that, how to cook fish in a different way, because it's more you know herbs and spices that are indigenous to that area that you can use to season things and you like those flavors or you know i mean jet skiing going out far like further than probably smart but like pushing what you think fear is you know because it's like you go past that horizon you can't see them at the shore and they can't see you and my heart was beating super fast, right? Yeah. And my guy was like, don't go any further. You know, wait, I just had to do it. Like, like we going. <laughs> I floored like it, you know what I'm saying? Floored it and we going. Like, I had yeah. to test that, push that limit. Because I needed to break yeah. through all of those things that were holding me back. That's one thing I, traveling helps with. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of things that I wouldn't do like when I'm at home in my hometown, like I would definitely be up for when I'm traveling. Like mm-hmm. I get a little bit riskier and more adventurous. So, and I learn a lot. Like when you were saying you learn different spices and mm-hmm. different cooking methods, that's one of my favorite things about traveling. Yeah. It's like you learn different, like new vegetables, new spices, and new ways of cooking that you can incorporate into your everyday life and yeah. even the like taking regular transportation and walking versus like always driving yeah. or things like that you yeah. learn a lot you get to meet different people and see what the local life is that's so what it is that's the best way to learn um the country and where you're at right like we weren't ubering yeah. you know what i'm saying we we're on foot or you know you in get the, to see a lot more in the vans yeah mm-hmm. on the buses you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. just hanging out, uh, dealing with, like I said, power outages or seeing how, you know, they were u- making great use of solar energy because they get mm. so much sun. So mm. almost every yeah. home had some sort of solar panel or some sort of option. So that water for your shower was heated by that generator yeah. on the days when maybe it was cloudy or it rained, your water wasn't going to be as hot. Yeah. But you knew that, so then it's like, okay, hey, don't take too long of a shower or less conserve or we don't have to wash these dishes. You know, just mm-hmm. being able to really focus on so much other stuff that's just related to your everyday survival that's not about putting your life in the hands of what somebody else is or isn't going to do. 
Right. Right. Like um, I was thinking about a lot. Most deaf black on both sides. Right. Um, you guys know at the beginning where he's like, it's a boogeyman in the sky. They try to tell you to fear this one or fear I'm that. I'm familiar with you it. Know, uh, it's been a minute, he has a little chant at the that. beginning. He says, fear not a man because man must die. Mind over matter and soul before flesh. Angels keep the time. And that's a great song. It's the intro to Black on Both Sides. But I just had to stop thinking about people and start thinking about this experience. Yeah. You know, present. just being Be present, present in the moment mm-hmm. and tapping into the God within. Because everything that we need is already in us. Yeah. But when you're searching outside of yourself, right? Looking at your neighbors, looking at the news, looking at the numbers, looking at what you can't do, what you have to do. There's a food shortage. The gas is running out. The police going to get you. You know what I'm saying? Tax man. Whatever. Somebody's around the corner like this fake-ass boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. Like tapping to the sunshine and the water and your relationships with the people that are down. And are your safe spaces where you can build, where you can talk, but also where you can put things into action. But really getting outside of the four walls was key. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Because the walls start to close in on you. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even like idle. I was working, quote unquote, working, right? Mm-hmm. Still doing the laptop, whatever, turning in documents, meetings, teams, all that crap. But that was another cycle of, like, trauma, yeah. right? Because the mm-hmm. workplace can be just as traumatic as the streets. Yeah. If Especially you, if you in the like corporate nonprofit <laughs> world, like, where you think yeah. you're doing good, but you might not be doing as good as what you think. Yeah. According to somebody else's standards. Say that again. Because yeah. that's really it. It's somebody else's standards. Yeah. So, yeah, just shout out to the whole country of Barbados and, and a specific to my boy Ricky and to Laura and um, a couple of people that just just showed love, right? We, we had some really cool times. and We went all around the island. You know, we didn't stay yeah. in one place. We stayed in like three different areas. Is it one island or does it have couple of people one okay yep so you can drive from the top to the bottom okay right and it's not gonna take a whole day (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know and each place has its own claim to fame or whatever Mm -hmm. but um overall just i just i'm a water person you know i know you guys like to go to the beach and tap into that snorkeling also um is a fear killer we went snorkeling yeah when you're in that ocean and you're just out there yeah yeah. Fear killer. Oh, I like man. it. Man, you come out of that water feeling a whole lot better. Like, yeah. yeah. Ooh, land ain't that bad. <laughs> no, seriously. Right. No, for real. Yeah. Especially if you see I'm something in there that caused oh, you to man. get out. Like, yeah. wait, did you see that? What was that? Let's go. <laughs> I'm man, yeah. I miss it, though, man. I really, it's been too long since I've been in the water. Yeah, I haven't been probably about two two months, maybe. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. been a minute. Oh, yeah, it's been yeah. over yeah. two months for us. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah. 
looking for that good day though to go. Yeah. Appreciate you for showing us uh, feeling, you know, good enough to share your um, experience, your anxiety experience. When you yeah. say you haven't shared it with too many people, haven't talked with anybody about it, you know, we feel good to be able to help. Of course. Be a, you know, some ears for that type of you situation. You know what? I didn't even plan on talking about that, right? Because there's so many other things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. As far as Barbados is concerned, mm-hmm. but that's that's what came to me. You know, what I'm saying I guess when we started to just talk about these things, that's really what came up for me is just sharing that because I think like <clears throat> one of the great things that a podcast like this can do is create balance, mm-hmm. and and that's what was the problem. I was imbalanced. You know, and I had to get back in tune. And so when people can tap into a space like this and hear us discussing these things, it might not even be people who look like us or from places like us. Oh, it's you know even for me, myself, I'm here to learn yeah. just from everybody I talk to. You know, even if I'm just talking to her, it's, yeah. we're still learning. That's it. So, it's a yeah. circle right now, but this circle extends beyond this space. And I'm just grateful that you guys extended the opportunity and it's something I want to continue to do because I think when we really speak our truth, it's, first of all, it's freeing, but secondly, you're a testimony for someone else and you don't even know, you know, and, and that's the hope for me. I know, you know, some of my friends are like, everybody can't just go to Barbados for four months. Well, everybody just can't move to Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know? everybody not just going to pick up one day and say, I'm I'm going out of town. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. I am the person who will say, you know what, I'm going to go to Mexico today. Like, what? But, you know, yeah, we used but, to be able to, we were some people that yeah. couldn't, we was the, you know, everybody. We couldn't do it either. But, hey, one day came and we had to say, all right, we are no longer that everybody. We are that person that can go. So I'd say, mm-hmm. hey, f- you feel like, you know, you can't go, but, hey, put it, at least put it on your schedule. Existence. Yeah, That's right. Want to go, at least. Yeah. And and it doesn't have to be a Barbados. It could be somewhere in a your Los vicinity. Los Angeles or California. Right. Just could, get outside yeah. of, go Wherever. From, just go 20 miles, right? Just, yes. Just, yeah. just drive. Just put yourself in a space that may make you uncomfortable because that's when you grow. Yeah. Yeah. And put yourself in a different environment because that's when you grow. And you build trust in yourself because you see yourself overcoming something and you're like, wow, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you can reflect on it even in the future like, okay, I did that so I can definitely do accomplish, you know. Yeah, and the more experience you have being in new situations – you get better at being in a new situation. You can still be in the same situation if you choose to, but you still have good experience being in a new situation. So when you can be in the same situation for three years and then when the time comes where you need to be in a new situation, you at least have that know-how, what it's like. You know, you know, you got the drive. You, yeah. You're not scared. A lot of it is just fear. A lot of it is fear when people don't want to just – put themselves in a new situation or just see a new city mm-hmm. across a state line, you know, or just to travel, get a passport, hop on a plane and foundation is fear. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being scared. Nothing at all. But I think that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. People are so afraid to admit that they're admit afraid. It, at right? Least. Like, yes. What we used to say, if you're scared, say you're scared. You, yeah. You know, and, and that even just putting it out there, it's like acknowledging it and then to use your term, fear killer, you're going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like every time we go in the ocean, I'm scared. No See lie. what I'm saying? Every, Every time. time. <laughs> Every single time I'm scared. Even mm-hmm. when you I said I can't it. wait to go back, I'm yeah, like, Yeah, oh, I'm like, oh, God, but it's still like a nervousness. <laughs> <get> like, uh, <laughs> you out there and you're like, man, whoa, I hope yeah. don't swim up on us today. Because <laughs> we've seen stuff swim yeah. by. Whales, yeah. dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen them swim by. So it's more like, all right. But you see a lot of other people doing it. And of course, you know, the more and more you do it, the more experience we got going out there. We yeah. still scared. Yeah, but you still go out <laughs> but, there. But it's, yeah, we can't live without it. Yeah. At the same time, that's how we feel. Like, yo, when we go, actually, just like her, wherever we going to, if it's some beach or, you know, we can get in, mm-hmm. we going to get in. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. Mexico, yo, we getting in. Yeah. She with the Catalina Island. Hey, she getting in. Because if not, you're going to look back at it and wish or wonder. Even if you don't say, I wish I did. I wonder what it would have been like if I had done that. You know what I mean? And I guess I'm telling all the business, but I will share this personal story about Barbados. My guy is not a big water person or was not. You know, he likes to look at it, but he's not big on getting in it. Yeah. Right. And um, I'm like, come on, like. Let's go. You know, we're we're gonna go here. We're gonna do this. He's like, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna just be right here. I'll put my feet in. And so one day I was like, what is the big deal with water? You know, I know you told me you had this bad experience, or you alluded to a little bit. Maybe I just didn't tap in. Tell me again what happened. And so he told me about this time that happened. It was a real scary experience. He almost drowned. Right. So from then on, he was like, I'm not going too far out. And um. I said, listen, on this trip, I want you to learn how to swim. That's my ask. And uh, he was like, okay, let's do it. So we started with the swim lessons. And, you know, my first swim lesson, I think I was like five. You had a little swim teacher. She did all this stuff. And we had a 12-foot pool. So my parents were really serious about safety. So I just always took wherever whatever home we had or even apartment it was a pool and if it wasn't a pool it was a beach so when I'm by the water it's just natural like I just throw myself in probably when it's probably too dangerous I said like hey the waves are hot let's go out so (laughs) (laughs) you know on this particular day I had found a location and I said all right we're gonna swim all the way out there and he was like, there's no way I'm ever swimming out there. I was like, you're going to swim out there. So we went through the little introductory stuff, you know, paddle, kick, float. And he had the essentials, you know, it was just building on it. And so I was like, okay, let's go out a little bit more. Let's go out a little bit more. And by the end of the day, we were so far out. And he was having so much fun. I was having fun. We had on the snorkel gear going down, whatever. And it was mm-hmm sandbars in between so you really didn't know how far you were unless you looked back to the shore 
But we had just been going because I'm just taking him further out. So then I said, turn around. And when he turned around, I mean, we were far, far. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, we, how do we get out here, right? <laughs> I'm like, because of these sandbars, you didn't know that you were going because you standing. You don't realize yeah. how deep. Mm-hmm. I said, if you go off over there, you'll be down. Like, you know, <laughs> and he was just so excited. And it was one of those moments of like, if you don't focus on how far out you have to go, then you won't put that idea that you can't get there. Every long journey begins with one step. You know what I mean? I'm curious. When you got back, did he tremble? If he did, he didn't let me see it. Right. It might've been an (laughs) internal thing, but I think it was pure adrenaline. You know, right. okay. you know, no, when I'm, you're I recently taught a, a friend of ours how to swim. It mm-hmm. was a couple of months ago in the pool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we can't, of course, the water is cold. Too. Yeah. But, you know, the energy, he yeah. was excited, you know, yeah. but he had a tremble and his body was just trembling for a minute. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes that's like a, a, a energy build up. From yeah. That, the nerves of it all. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. It could have been. But, you know, like you said, when it's cold, you're shivering. So, you don't know. It might have been there. But, I mean, for the rest of our trip, it wasn't nothing. He was going out even when I, you know, I'd be at work and he'd be like, I'm going to the beach, you know. And I'd yeah. come over and look and see him in the water. And so. Oh, that's I, life changing. It, it really, and it gives you such an amazing feeling. Because it's us going back to where we were in the beginning, which was in the water in our mother's stomach, right? That's yeah. that mm-hmm. safe space and that amniotic sac or whatever. But um, I just wanted to say that for people who are really struggling thinking like I'm stuck and I can't go anywhere and I can't do that. I can't go to LA like whatever you guys are talking about or Barbados. You, I am a firm believer. You can do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. And the universe will support that. You got to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Until you take a step in that direction, it won't happen. But once you do whatever it is that you want to do, you'll start to see so many things line up for you. Even this, like, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. I talked to you guys about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we, I mean, we could do that. We're going to do that. And we're yeah. here, sitting here right now doing it. But yeah. that was before I even, I think, even moved back to L.A. Where this was something that I was talking about wanting to do. Yeah. You know, so and I just believe you put your mind to it. It'll happen. It's, it's a lot that, that comes with it because this studio was one way. You know, and something happened. And this is almost, people say, okay, it's almost like you guys rebuild. No, I can say I didn't have the energy to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I still wanted to do the podcast. I knew the podcast is something I want to do. But, you know, the I guess I can't say really just trauma. It was a certain energy, but it happened. So a lot of, yeah, you'll have that those times where there's some things that you might kind of want to do and then you don't want to do it. I really wanted to build it, mm-hmm. but do I really want to rebuild it? Like how mm-hmm. as bad as I wanted to build it. And it's like, no, no. but I, I really want the podcast. Mm-hmm. So the podcast definitely stuck. That's no doubt. It's going to be here. Mm-hmm. I wish I did still have, we did still have, you know, the whole room and the previous setup, but you know, I put my mind to it and the podcast is here. Mm-hmm. So consistent self-improvement, consistent self-improvement. Now, music, I can take that and put that on a whole nother shelf. 
Right. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, but you're still a musician. Yeah. Yeah. I can say I, I can still do it. I looked at a video the other day and enjoyed it. But the, the same energy. Yeah. Right. It's, well, it's different, it's right? I there, feel like yeah. we live, we lead different lives, right? Like in the in the, in my past life, I was a social worker. And I was yeah. also a server. Like I've had so many jobs. People are like, "Oh yeah, I know you already did that before." Because I say, <laughs> "Yeah, I did that," but that's about exploring, you know, your desires. A title doesn't make you. But I, when I met you, definitely you were a musician, and I still see you that way. But you have also evolved into so many other things, right? Yeah, you're a podcast producer, a and husband. I, you know, you're a California I, resident. That's I'm, what I'm a house husband. Right? I take the house <laughs> husband title. Okay, house <laughs> oh husband. <my> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's about evolution. <sighs> It's about evolution. But, yeah, the house husband thing is going pretty good right now in, in 2021. Hey, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I remember um, when we used to uh, talk about what we thought the future was going to look like for music with you and what you wanted to do with it. And this is not exactly what we discussed. no. But at the same time, it's exactly what we discussed because you wanted to touch people with your message. Yeah. And this is what you're doing. And I'm going to still get back to the, um, the probably the record label foundation type thing mm -hmm. that I wanted to do then. I probably still do something like that in Mississippi in the future. But, you know, that's then. I know the energy may come back then. It's after I'm done with this. It would be associated probably. Yeah. With this or tied into it, you know. But I don't really want to push the whole, you know, I know music. We all need music. I need it, you know. Still, I listen to old stuff, other artist stuff, and understand the importance of why it's necessary and how I could still inspire other people with what I do. But it's just a different time. Mm -hmm. You know, and music... It's a different magic now. It was a magic back then. It's used on a different vibration now. And I've just, I've learned a lot of things to where I know, okay, I need a little silence for a while. Mm -hmm. I get that. You know, and I, cause you know, when you do music, you kind of got to, you got a lot of noise going Often you got to go through sounds, you got to listen to stuff, you got to, you know, you, your brain is really going when you're doing music, especially mm -hmm. when you're producing it, writing it, you know, performing it. Yeah, your brain is nonstop. So that's something that I've gotten out of this break, that piece that, it, you know, of course, it's basically anxiety, yeah, with the whole music thing. So God gave me the sign, gave us the sign, hey, all right, chill out mm -hmm. for a minute. Get some silence. Don't listen to nothing like that. You know, don't worry about listening to music. Don't have to. Just chill out. Got a little peace and peace of mind. Learn how to, you know, quiet down. Do some things that don't require music. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Start over. Check. Yep. Start over. Learn something. Create more genuine relationships. You know, 
and that's one of the things. It's just relationships with people, energy, better energy. When I'm not introducing myself as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I totally get that. I mean, um, on this end, moving away from community organizing after working for the Obama campaign and several other different ca- campaigns, you get put in a box where people have this expectation yeah. that that's what you do because th- that's what you've always done and you're good at it. So why yeah. would you stop doing it? Cause especially in our society, it's like you keep doing whatever it is that you started doing until you are at the top of that thing yeah. right. and don't look back to say, Oh, you want to veer? You want to you want to be a chef, but you went to law school, right? Yeah. You right. can't do that until you realize yeah, you've been in the wrong building. I've been going yeah. up the wrong you know, building, man. I was supposed I, to I be in the other building. Well, you know, I didn't know. Maybe you're supposed to go to that building for a reason to learn something. Yeah, yeah. Next thing, yeah. and you can take that with you. Yeah. You, can be your a, last uh, you can be a great uh, chef who knows all about how you want to do the contracts for any of the clients or vendors that you work with. Yeah. yeah. You know, all of those skills are transferable. But yeah. I think when we have so many expectations placed upon us of what you should do or like the fear of starting over or the fear of going in another direction or that's not what we were taught to do. Yeah. Then it can it can paralyze you to Force yeah. you to keep doing the same thing, even though Especially it's against you what you don't do want to do. You want to do something else and don't get the support. That yeah. get, uh-huh. that mess when you want to do that new thing, and mm-hmm. you know, there's no support. There's for no it. support for it, yeah. right? Most of the time, they're just scared, you know, for you. <laughs> they're like, yeah. "Oh, why would you want to go through that yeah. uncomfortable, you know, phase of ch- changing direction?" Yeah. I think that our parents and grandparents are some of the, and great-grandparents, all the people that basically came before us, to me, are some of the most brave people. Oh, yeah. You know, some of the most brave people. But now that they've aged, that courage and bravery, because of what they've seen, has turned into, hey, just chill. (laughs) Right? I totally see that. You know, and so when they see you being brave and courageous and taking risks, it's like, no, no. Yeah. You got it good. Just... Just keep on doing the yeah. the safe route. Yeah. yeah. But they forgot how much courage and bravery it took for them to get where they got in order to inspire you. Yeah. 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 I see that with my with my dad. Not my, my mom as much. She's still a bit of a rebel rouser. But my dad <laughs> just be like, you know, just chill. Yeah. My yeah. mom might call and be like, I'm looking at a protest on TV. Are you there? <laughs> like any time some breaking news happens, like, I'm looking at DC. There's a riot in the Capitol. Are you there? I'm like, yeah. no mom, I'm not there this time. Yeah, I was there last week. I left. But yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's man, the world is is getting better on the inside. And, you know, it's still going to always do a thing on the outside. So you definitely got to learn how to, like you said, that balance, find mm-hmm. a balance of your inner peace and your fuck it. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> that. For real. Yeah. Find the balance of your inner peace and your fuck it. 
That's the words to live by. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, there's a lot of stuff out here that, woo, you just drive, walk through downtown L.A., and, yeah, you're going to realize, yeah, look, man, for today, fuck it. You mm-hmm. know, I can't. <sighs> Can't get money to, to all the homeless people I see. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That, that mean, you know? you'll, you'll be homeless. You keep funding right. their uh, projects. It's true. And that's a whole other topic we it is. have on them. You know, we didn't we didn't fill in for connecting Jackson to Los Angeles, but that's going to be a good one. We, we got we do we have fill to that discuss one. We, that. I know we don't, I don't know how long we don't already ran, uh, but it's been a hour great 15. one. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know. It's been an easy one. <laughs> yeah. A real easy one. Mm-hmm. Ditto. But we appreciate, you know, everybody for listening. Um, we will be having another conversation. Even the cameras have turned off. Um, <laughs> we will be having another conversation with Mercedes very soon. A regular conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys again for having me. And it is the day before... Um, that day, St. Nick's Day. Oh, I mean, no, I'm, I'm the, before Kwanzaa, I'm sorry. Before Kwanzaa Crank Up, the days before Kwanzaa Crank Up. Uh, a lot of people like Kwanzaa. Yes. Who that? <laughs> <laughs> My cousin named Kwanzaa. <laughs> but um, we're, it's been a very beautiful day. Um, partly cloudy in L.A. with a lot of, you know, good enough sunshine for today. Mm-hmm. Um, next week. New Year's 2022. Man. 2022. Mm-hmm. And, yo, 2021 was the shit for us. I don't know about y'all, but it, we had a very prosperous 2021. Oh, Drove cross country and made it back. We will be talking about that next week. On American Gypsy Podcast Season 2, we are in the building. Yep. In the building. You can also tune in on YouTube, American Gypsy YouTube channel. And you can find more information about our podcast on AmericanGypsy.com. AmericanGypsy.com. That's AmericanGYPC.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at American Gypsy Podcast. We were hacked at a couple of... 100 followers, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, at I am American Gypsy is a hacked account. Do not follow that. At American Gypsy Podcast is the official. Is the Instagram. official. <laughs> so, follow us. Also, follow us on YouTube, American Gypsy YouTube. We have plenty of videos. That. Also, check out, okay, yeah, check out season one. Yeah, make sure to like and share with your friends and family. Yes. Please yes. do that. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation that we've had. And hey, happy new year, happy holidays, and wish everyone a prosperous 2022, uh, you know, rest of 2021. But, you know, we'll talk to y'all for 2022. Just breathe. Consistent self-improvement. Peace. Peace.